Hello and welcome to the Falcon Footy Pod. My name is Clarky. Joining me once again, I have Jesse. I'm sick, be nice to me. And I have Chris. I'm not sick. That's right. Join us in the healthy ward. Fuck you. <laughs> so, this week, gentlemen, we continue our team-focused episodes, and we're talking about the lesser of the two Melbournes, North Melbourne. So, we figured that we may as well get someone on who supports the club. We know there are at least 15 of you out there, and we chose the finest one that we could find. Gemma, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm more sick than Jesse. What a competition. Well, you go for North Melbourne, so... <laughs> The rivalry continues. <laughs> Gemma, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll, we'll dig right into the crux of the issue. Why do you follow the North Melbourne Football Club? Am I allowed to answer if I don't know? Yeah, yeah that's probably course. the only right answer, to be honest. No. Yeah, yeah. It's the most rational one. I'm 30, 32 as it currently sits. And in the 90s, we were quite successful. Two premierships. So I guess I was a bandwagon supporter. Your your family's quite into AFL. Like, is there any reason you didn't go for like you know Collingwood? Yeah, Collingwood. Collingwood. Do, oh, do wow. I need to answer that's, that? That's a deep nest to so escape. My parents. My dad was a mad Collingwood supporter. Mum is a Collingwood supporter. I wouldn't say that she's that into it though. And my brother's Essendon. So I don't know why I kind of I skipped around with teams a lot until I landed on North. I just liked them. So do you? Do you remember at all where that secret spice sort of came from? Was it the premierships? Was it a particular moment that sort of sticks out in your mind where you went, no, actually, kangaroos, good animal, kick the shit out of people. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Um, I remember my dad coming up to me when I was about six or seven years old and being like, what team do you want to support? I'm like, well, I don't really know because I don't really care all that much. And he kind of pushed me into North Melbourne because my dad – was good friends with Boomer Harvey's parents. And um, that was around the time he got drafted as well. And um, I think it kind of stuck from there because it was that, that, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, guys? Help. No. (laughs) 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 Look, we didn't get a North Melbourne supporter on here to know words. Yeah, well, (laughs) let's just stick with that. It's just, it just stuck. Let's just, it's stuck. Look, there's nothing wrong with that. I think, it's important. The, the most surprising thing out of all of that is that your dad, an avid Collingwood supporter, went, mm. what team do you support instead of wrapping you in black and white and rolling you into the goals? I think he always wanted us to kind of love football and have the choice of who we went for, which I'm not giving to my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, at the time, around, around 96, 97, North were wildly successful and Collingwood were pretty dog shit. So well, yeah, we've been a well. hard sell. But like, yeah. even then, knowing knowing your dad, like I, I can't imagine this happening. And him being like, "You can support any team you want." But I, oh, I remember I was playing I Nintendo sixty four at the point where he came in as well. So your dad used to try and convert me from Essendon. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't like Essendon. Well, he doesn't mm. like Essendon. Jokes on yeah. him now. What what game were you playing on the Nintendo sixty four? <laughs> Probably Banjo-Kazooie, a solid one. You know? Solid game. Good yeah. episode. Now, welcome to an episode of Love Letters. Gemma, we're going to be talking about Banjo-Kazooie today. <laughs> let's, take, let's go through it. What What are some of your earliest memories of watching actual football and experience? Once you'd settled on North Melbourne, did you start going to games? Like, Do you remember when your sort of first game was? Yeah, I remember. I, I think my first game was actually the one where Essendon came back, that really big comeback. Um, and I remember my dad going down to the rooms afterwards with my brother because I don't think girls were allowed in at that point, which fair and fair enough, I guess, back then. Based on maybe. what we've heard in previous episodes about yeah. Essendon's change rooms, it was probably for the best. People used to be able to go to Essendon um, change rooms and there was a lot of swinging dick. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Even if girls were allowed in, it would be like my dad would probably just be like, no, you're not going in. But he brought me back a hat and uh, the story goes that actually got people to sign it for me and that that was that was very nice i don't know where i had is now no oh. um but it felt <laughs> like it was a sorry you know boomer got it signed by everyone but never gave it to Gemma. yeah exactly um <laughs> yeah i also started playing footy around that time so i really started getting into it in the mid 90s question for everyone and then i'll uh, clarky and chris did you guys play footy when you were younger yes no i was a basketball guy. Oh, oh you are tall i mean that makes sense i played both all right, Chris. Calm down. Athlete of the fucking year, okay? Calm down. <laughs> uh, I played football. 
um, not well or whatever, but obviously, uh, more more so back back then, it was mainly boys were playing it. Jen, when you started playing, were you in like a, a mixed team? Yeah, um, I was the only female player at that club ever. How'd you find it? It was just South Marine Football Club. Don't so it, did I just dox myself? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, my brother, my brother played for him, and Dad kind of just put me in it. Um, but like, did, did you find it a bit like? Oh, you mean well, how did I find? Yeah, like how, yeah. how, how the guys like <laughs> not not physically. That. How did you come across the the club rooms and say I want to play here? So, <laughs> if you could just give me the uh, the coordinates of the football club, <laughs> that would be great. I, I loved it. I, I really loved sh- showing the guys up as well because I'd win the um, little McDonald's cheese cheeseburger awards at you. the end of it. Um, almost every weekend. So, yeah, I re- really liked it. When I was playing, um, I was up forward, you know, talented goal kicker as I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a girl probably a year older than me who was playing on me. And I'm like, I can't, like, do I, do I, can I tackle? Can I bump or whatever? That whole uh, way of thinking left me really quickly when she laid me on my fucking ass about <laughs> 10 seconds into the game. The ball wasn't even near us. She just saw me and was like, want to hurt me. Yeah. Um. So. The girls have points to prove. So that's, yeah. Yeah. And like you started playing again a few years yeah. later, right? Yeah. That wasn't my smartest move. But um, in my mid-20s, I went to Melbourne University uh, they trained at Arden Street, which is why I started playing for Melbourne University because um, I thought it would be cool to play or train on the ground north trains on. And I really hurt my back. <laughs> and I think my <laughs> knees have never been the same. So, Gemma, t- to your credit, though, like I've known you for 112 years. You going back and playing footy was actually one of the coolest things you've done. Oh, thanks. I, th- I thought it was so bad when you started playing footy again. Thanks. Um, and obviously that love for football has carried on to, you know, your daughter. Uh, hopefully. It's either going to go one way or the other. Like, she's going to either hate it because mum likes it, which she's three, so probably that one. Is she getting into it, though? Like, because you do post, uh, like, photos of her yeah. in North Gear. Yeah, she she tells everyone she goes for the Gobrys, which is kind of, um, she shouldn't do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's for the, the women's team, um, which she does watch a fair bit of. Mostly because it's on, but yeah, no, she she is slowly getting there with football. I just hope it doesn't turn into a like a well, my parents liked it, so therefore I'm not going to sort of yeah. thing. And I'm like weighing up the decision: should I like let her choose a team in the future, or like what my dad did, and then the love will kind of carry uh, on, or do I just so. like no? It's like north. like Chris said, we need Collingwood support. was shit back then. So yeah. that, I think that that was like a selfless act from your dad saying, "Look, yeah, I don't want you to go through this pain." Go for the club that is, is good at this time. Ironic this, you know, nowadays, quite ironic. I think you need to do that to yeah. your daughter. Don't yeah, put it through hilarious. the same pain and struggle you've been through. You know you're not going to win a flag for the next 15 years. Do yeah. you really want to, like, do you really want to have to fly to Tasmania for home games? Like, come on. <laughs> you you, you got to pay it forward. Your dad did it to that you. You, know, you got to pay it forward to her. Yeah, I'm with Chris. Sit her down with a copy of Banjo Tui <laughs> and then offer her the same proposition yeah. that was given to you many moons ago. As is yeah, tradition. Beautiful. Exactly. I've got to wait three more years for that. As is tradition. She's <laughs> got to jump around at least another five times before then. So Now, Gemma, you mentioned before that you've been really into yes. the North Melbourne AFLW side. And I think we'd probably be remiss as somebody yes. who has obviously watched a lot of AFLW and use it as a bonding, you know, moments with your daughter. Um, yeah, trying to. Hey, trying look, to. football's a great bond. I like that. I just wanted to know if you had any particular thoughts or if you wanted to go through any moments or players with the North Melbourne AFLW side, because I know for a fact, particularly this year, North Melbourne scared the shit out of me every time Melbourne played them, and particularly, I think you guys absolutely picked us apart in the prelim this year. And yeah, they even surprised me. That that was that was so surprising. Um, yeah. I'll leave oh, you on this. How good's Jazzy got? One of the best. It's annoyed that you got Emma Kearney from us. <laughs> yeah. Um. Sorry. 
We we picked a lot of your players. Yeah, you sure we? did. How is how did yeah, you feel did. as a as a former player? Sorry. And, you know, coming into when your team finally was represented as part of an official AFL competition, what was that like for you sort of experiencing those growing years? Oh, it was I there is a clip in the um local newspaper, I won't go <laughs> myself again, um, of me saying like how I want that that's exact I want even just a state level uh women's you know competition and back then it was so girls just didn't play footy it it wasn't a thing when I think they got Bruma Harvey's daughter to hand over the paper like the official paperwork it like (laughs) it gave me life in my cold dead (laughs) North Melbourne heart um to see that happen it was so it was a beautiful moment um it, it it really was. It's just I'm so happy that it's finally happening. And statistically, they've been the best part of North Melbourne for at least oh, yeah. four of the last five years. <laughs> yep, definitely. The AFLW team is one of the things that actually softened my heart towards North because you guys are fucking good and you're fun to watch. And yeah. again, like going back to whenever you post a little video or something of you watching an AFLW game with your daughter, it gives me the en- energy to throw fucking haymakers at the people who don't like AFLW you want to talk it down. Because I'm like, <laughs> no, this is why it's important. This is exactly, yeah. It, it doesn't matter that 50-year-old men don't like seeing it on their social media. It's it's about the next generation coming through. So shut your mouths, you know? <laughs> Let's go through some of your favourite North Melbourne memories. What what have you got for me? What yep. sticks out in your mind when you when you think of... North Melbourne, the good times. Uh, the 2014 elimination final, <laughs> Jesse. It was a good one, wasn't it? Uh, do you know what? That whole era for me was like the happiest times because I was going to the footy a lot and we were, we were good, you know, and then we sacked the heart and soul of the club and now it's Jesse's problem. And so who is, who, who is the heart and soul of the club? Brad Scott? <laughs> no, Bruma Harvey, oh, Drew Petrie. Yeah. Uh, Ferrito and Del Santo, if you want to chuck him in. You can if you want. Don't chuck you can him if you want to. North, North Melbourne legend, Nick Del Santo. It was just all downhill from from there. So it was just, you know. Um, and, of course, the 99 Premiership because that's the one I remember. I was that's at the Melbourne one. show that day. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I remember. I was at the Melbourne show that day. <laughs> I came home for the grand final, but okay. I remember being at the show. I didn't have any North Melbourne clothes because my mum wouldn't buy me football clothes and dad was a Collingwood supporter. And I remember just having like a little blue and white ribbon in my hair. And I thought it was really cool. It's wholesome. It is. It is really wholesome because it's, and we discussed this last week, that experiencing a premiership in your own lifetime is something that's really special. And I think it's really funny now as well because North Melbourne are the butt of everyone's jokes. But there are supporters out there who still haven't seen a premiership. Yeah, in their life. Yeah, like, it's it's insane. At least I've I've always got that one to fall back on if it never happens again. You know, that's so. it. You lived one. I lived one. So, yeah. So, is there anything else that sticks out in your mind, or you know, we can discuss even some of your favorite players, past or present? Who, who's really? Because I I think of that the Frank the Tank the Drew Petrie moment yeah. <laughs> a lot. I think about it a lot, and every I know day. every single day. It's. It's just, I think it's an, I think I would put it in an, as an iconic football moment. Oh, just fantastic. that celebration is up there. It was also like it, at that game, I remember just feeling so defeated because you guys were like going to win and then we just came out of nowhere and it was just like, that's the North Melbourne that I fell in love with, you know. But we do have really good games against each other. We do, yeah. We really do. And I think it falls back. Back in the 90s, Essendon and North mm-hmm. Melbourne were both quite, you know, successful. And it falls back to that time where you guys had Sheedy, yep. I believe, and we had Pagan. Like the whole marshmallow thing, was that in the 90s? Yep. It just falls back and like because North doesn't – we're not big enough to have a rival. But it would probably fall to Essendon just, just for that purpose alone. At one point, you guys were barely big enough to have a training ground. Well, that's true. We just got back from – um. Latrobe University, I believe, because we got our ground resurfaced. Can can anyone explain to me what? <clears throat> sorry, what the whole marshmallow thing was? Because I thought I dreamt that as a kid. <laughs> um, 
Are you kidding? That's like one of my one of the only good North Melbourne memories. What the fuck was it? I just remember that like marshmallows and like things as like as a kid, and I thought that it was like a fever dream or something. It kind of was. Gemma, could you please educate this man? Uh, it was something to do with Shady calling North Soft, wasn't it? And then the supporters just yes. threw a bunch of marshmallows at him uh, at the next next game. Okay. He was talking specifically about North Melbourne executives, I believe, yeah. were his specific comments, and he called them soft in a press conference, and it just okay. kind of naturally Fight grew from there. Yeah, it's for for listeners who might not be familiar with it, you know, is it um, The Simpsons where Marge gives out the all pretzels. the free pretzels, yeah. and then the pretzels <laughs> get thrown at the player? It's the equivalent of that, but for Kevin Sheedy, who, while good in his time, now known fuckhead. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm assuming that one yeah. of those marshmallows was a stone. It got him right in the, the the spot. Yeah, it was about that time when things start to uh, descend pretty quickly. You can pinpoint mm. it, can't you? Mm. <laughs> so, look, I I applaud North Melbourne members for that. That's a moment that can never be recreated because. You're barely allowed to take anything good into the oh, football. Did he, and we had a lot more supporters back Clarky's then. getting so. political. <laughs> That's it. That's the it. Wokes. So, <laughs> damn wokes ruining marshmallows wokes. at the footy. Talking about bloody soft, I'll tell you that much. So, this is a good time to move into Jesse and the team vibes, I think. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, look, you know. I cannot wait. This was a hard one to research because, um, A, I don't like North Melbourne. B, I have COVID. And C, there's just not that much. We've had a few clubs in a row. And I'm finding that some of the clubs that you'd expect to have like a richer history because they've been around for so long kind of kind of don't. Um, but let's start off with, with your song because I will need, Gemma, I will need your Scottish heritage to help me with the pronunciation or something here, okay? So join the chorus. We all know it. We all love it. We barely hear it. It's sung to the tune of a Scottish folk song from around 1911. It's called a wee, and I can't pronounce these next few words. D-E-O-C-H, space. Doc. A-N. A-N. And uh, space D-O-N-S. D-O-N-S. Donus. All right. Wee Doc and Donus. Sure. Which means a wee parting drink. (laughs) It's something that you have as you leave a Scottish household. You're meant to have it in the doorway. An extra bevy, okay? Which I can get behind. Yeah, so it's the end of the season. You know, our soul leaves our body. And <laughs> it's a part of And you need yeah. a drink, basically, to, to forget. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, joining the chorus is believed to be the oldest club anthem of any AFL club. Um, and it's been associated with North from the club's early days. Club has been around for over 100 years. You think they'd be really, really proud of their storied history? No. No, they're not. Of all the clubs I've researched, North Melbourne's the one that doesn't want to put any of their history on the website. So We don't talk about it. I mean, it. look, I understand the need to um, put some things under the rug nowadays, but some, some stuff in your history, barring a few certain individuals, you'd like to talk about. So North Melbourne digital team, fix that. I don't know what that's about. Fix it. Um, with the song itself, uh, following 1993, the players would sing the last line as North Melbourne will be premiers, just you wait and see. Before that, it was, is the team that plays to win for you and me. That's actually not the only change the song's had. The song's had a lot of changes because your club can't decide in a fucking name. Your club has changed names so many times. Now, following the reformation of the club in 1877, it was known as the Hotham Football Club. But later on, it took on the name North Melbourne. Um, at one point, the club was called the Bluebirds. They were called that for a few years in the That's 20s. Cool. But eventually, the club realized that was a pretty shit name, and they scrapped it. Gemma, how would you feel if they went back to being the Bluebirds nowadays? I'd love it. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> Give it to Tassie. Well. <laughs> well, about Can, that. <laughs> I'm going to drop that moment down somewhere. <laughs> And we'll definitely use it as a soundbite in a few years' time. Um, now, we've all heard the term shin boners. Does anyone know why they were called the shin boners at one point? No. Uh, wasn't it to do with a bunch of the workers uh, working in abattoirs? Yes, exactly. And stuff like right. that. So it was a, yeah. And the butchers used to put shin bones in their, their windows with little ribbons on them, like my hair back at the show. Yeah. Yeah, you could compare that a cow's leg to your hair if you'd like. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that's, 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 that's exactly right. A bunch of the players worked 
uh, worked at the local abattoirs, uh, which is where the uh, club got that uh, that little moniker. However, not everyone liked that name. Um, and one of your uh, club board members, Fonz Tobin, P-H-O-N-F-E. What a name. Fonz Tobin. The Fonz. The Fonz. Thought the image was a bit gross. Like, your actual logo at one point was a shin bone. He thought it was a bit, a bit much. <laughs> was it really? And he suggested that the kangaroos uh, should become the official club name after seeing one of the big, beautiful bastards on a sign displayed outside a city storefront. Because apparently, my used to advertise oh. the kangaroos wearing jackets or something like that. In 1998, I didn't know this, the club tried to change its name to yeah. the Northern Kangaroos. And the AFL said, stop. Yeah. Basically, I think the AFL said, stop, you probably have some dramas over the next few years. <laughs> yeah, I thought that, that, I didn't know that was 98. It was, I thought that was around the Gold Coast time. That was around the Gold Coast time? No. Gold Coast is, no. Back. Unless they tried to do oh, it again. That's embarrassing. Um, but they have set it on, obviously, North Melbourne and the Kangaroos, and that they will be forever and ever. Speaking of Kangaroos, your logo and mascot, obviously, Kangaroo. Normally, I can find a heap of information about a mascot. This time, nothing. All I have here is um, Sophie, my partner, thinks that the kangaroos have the best mascot costume, which I think it is between mm-hmm. you guys and the swans. But She can thank me for that because I actually jumped on the old kangaroo's tail at a family day and it ripped a little bit, so it was me. <laughs> so we got a new one. I love when we find out that you know our guests have a little bit of history with the club <laughs> and you murdered the kangaroo. I murdered it. It was getting a, it was getting a bit... Righty, you know. Speaking of the big rats themselves, I, because I couldn't find any facts about the kangaroo mascot, I thought I'd find out some um, facts about the kangaroo, the animal. But I also want to link it back to the club. So I've got a few facts here for you uh, about everyone's favourite marsupial, everyone's favourite coin uh, mascot. Um, And I've linked them back, obviously, to kangaroo players. So, did you know kangaroos are the largest marsupials on Earth? An eastern grey can be two metres tall. That's three centimetres more than Drew Petrie. Okay, we're going to learn together. They're left-handed. All kangaroos are left-handed. How do you find that out? Beyond me. Now, in 2017, Drew Petrie missed 10 weeks after breaking several bones in his left hand. Oh, coincidence. I couldn't find out, though, if he was left or right-handed. I'm going to assume he's right-handed because he seems like a normal fella. A kangaroo can hop 25 feet. Can anyone guess how many Drew Petries that is? 12. I don't want to indulge you. Three po- Sorry, Chris, how many did you say? 12. Whoever's editing, can they just put a record scratch in there? 12. 12. Th- All oh. of a sudden, you're researching what you researched before is making a lot yeah. of sense. Chris's answer is the stupidest thing about it. 3.8. <laughs> 3.8 Drew Petries. Now, kangaroos. That was a bit off. They, they seem like cute animals, but they do have a bit of a dark side. They do sometimes drown their enemies, okay? They, a, a kangaroo will sometimes push a weaker kangaroo up into a body of water, push their head down, wait for the bubbles to stop. Now, where would you drown somebody? In a river? In a lake? Speaking of lake, Brian Lake. In a Petri Brian dish. Lake was suspended for four matches after attacking Drew Petrie's throat in 2014, same year that he broke his hand. Um, a bit of a fiery brawl. Uh, Drew Petrie was also charged in that game. That's the only way I was able to link that back to water. I did Google to see if Drew Petrie had killed anybody in, uh, in a lake before. He he hasn't. In capitals. Uh, yes, of course. Yeah. Now, kangaroos eat grass like cows, but they burp less methane. So they obviously, uh, you may see them hopping around, munching on a paddock, but they're causing less damage to the climate. How would I link this back to Drew Petrie? It was a tricky one. Kangaroos eat grass. But what's Drew Petrie's favourite dish? Well, ironically, his nickname is The Dish. The Petri Dish. I hoped to find out what his favourite meal was, but there's no footy record interviews that I could find with him, which makes sense because he actually boycotted interviews because back in 2007, Channel 7 leaked private player uh, information regarding drug tests. And as part of his sort of uh, opposition to that, he decided to boycott interviews for a while. I did read a whole interview with his parents, but at no point did they mention his favourite meal. However, considering that he's a white AFL player, I'm going to assume that his favourite food is pasta. Like a spaghetti, like a spaghetti bolognese or, or a chorizo pasta yeah, yeah, like yeah, in that yeah, round. Yeah. But a dolmio sort of, they don't make it from scratch. It's like just chuck Something basic, yeah. 
Um, And as for your famous supporters, you've got a really strong list to a point. Ricky Ponting, fantastic. John Farnham, fantastic. Mark Webber, Tim Rogers. And then on the list I found there was someone or something called The Gobbler. Now, I did Google it. (laughs) I did Google it a few times. And I tell you what. You got some interesting results? I got some already search results, Chris. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't know who The Gobbler is, but The Gobbler, if you're out there, please in contact with you. Um, with us, we would love to have you on board. But that's the vibes for the kangaroos. There's not many. The gobbler. The gobbler. The gobbler sums up your club, mm. basically. Um, speaking of gobbling, or goblins, yep. <laughs> I wasn't sure how which way I wanted that one to go. Chris, you're up next with some North Melbourne memorable moments, some M's. <laughs> how will I possibly follow <laughs> that thrilling segment? My, I feel like I just lost a little bit of my brain listening to that. No, no. You know what? You guys are wrong. <laughs> I think, Jesse, I can sum up that segment in one word. Cultured. Just like it would be in a Drew Petri dish. Thank you. Okay, don't encourage it. Encourage me. We have nothing left, Chris. We have nothing left but to encourage him. <laughs> this man needs support. We've tried berating him and it just hasn't worked. It's made it worse, if anything. Chris, take us through some memorable moments, please. Now, Gemma, at this point oh, of the podcast, Chris. we would... Generally, take a look back at the good times, the best of times, particularly that, you know. particularly in the recent years, in the modern era. However, your club has basically been a VFL team for majority of the modern era. Uh, <laughs> for, for such an old club with <laughs> with such a long and storied history, founded in 1869, the iconic Shinbona spirit, as Jesse was talking about earlier, there's not a whole lot to talk about in terms of memorable moments. Pretty boring, just. Just in general, irrelevant. However, despite there not being a huge amount of memorable moments, the ones that are there are truly iconic, not just in North Melbourne's history, but in AFL history as a whole. So strap in, take a walk down memory lane, starting off by taking things all the way back to one of the most classic moments in AFL history, a moment that's gone out in AFL folklore. We're going to go all the way back to 1976. Specifically, round 10 in 1976. Now, round 10 in 1976 was a bit of an arm wrestle of a match between North Melbourne and Carlton. Unfortunately for North, the match got away from them a bit early. Blues skipping away to a three-goal lead at quarter time. Didn't get much better from there as the lead grew to five goals at halftime before the Roos pegged a few back at three in the third quarter, going to last breakdown by 15 points. Last quarter was a real arm wrestle. And heading into added time, North Melbourne hadn't made much progress with the Blues holding a comfortable 14-point lead. Now, that was until Malcolm Blight kicked both his third and fourth goals of the game, bringing the margin to just one single solitary point. Entering the man of the moment, Blight marked the ball with just seconds remaining, giving him a chance to complete the fairy tale for North. However, there was a bit of a problem. He marked the ball some 70 to 80 metres out from goal. A bit of a roadblock. No one gave him a chance. That's almost 35 Drew Petries. <laughs> no one gave him a chance, and North supporters had actually already started exiting their seats to leave the game as they thought it was Definitely as good as done. It's surprising they hadn't already left about half an hour earlier. No one was aware as to exactly what they were about to witness, however. Malcolm Blight went back, took his run up, and kicked the longest goal in AFL history to give North Melbourne a five-point win and help inspire the iconic commentary call, Malcolm Blight, it's a big kick, it's a mammoth kick. Whoa, I have seen it all. Now, Imagine that in BT. <laughs> fuck! He would, have, he would have just said, fuck. Well, he, he wouldn't talk about what school he went to and shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, there is some debate around the exact distance that he kicked the ball from. There's some saying it was 60 metres out, others saying it was 80 metres out. The main man himself is on record as saying that he estimates it to have been an 83-metre-long kick, and Oof. I choose to believe him. He's it's the a- one who kicked it. Look, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen this kick, it is so hard to describe. Please search it up on YouTube. Because every now and then, you know, I watch, like, a footy compilation of, like, best moments. Always in there. This is such a good fucking kick. It's not like he just he just kicked it hard. He had form. It was pure. 
it was lovely to watch. It didn't kind of just go to the wire. It wasn't almost touched on the line. It sailed through past the goalposts. It, it clearly went through. It was well and truly. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those clips that anytime it's shown on TV or anytime it pops up on social media, it's one of those ones that I just have to stop and watch. There, there's a few AFL clips that are like that. The We spoke about in the Brisbane episode about the, the Miracle on Grass. That's another one. That every time it pops up, I just have to watch it, the final two minutes. And the Malcolm Black kick is one of those. As a North supporter... Is that kind of how many times have you rewatched that clip? Uh, every time we lose, <laughs> thousands upon thousands of watches. <laughs> the way I um, don't spiral into a major depression after <laughs> our games is by watching the good moments. Um, and I should make my own video and put it on YouTube just so other people can feel happy for a little bit too. But yeah, well. Speaking about good moments, th- this next one's a little bit of a roller coaster. Uh, we're going to fast forward to round six, 2003, North Melbourne versus Adelaide. Oh, we're getting into scary times. Now, there was a lot that happened in the 12 months prior to this game that made the build up one of the most hotly anticipated games in years. However, I don't want to focus too much on what led to it. Basically, known fuckwit Wayne Carey did as Wayne Carey tends to do and only thought about Wayne Carey by having a two-month-long affair with his teammate and best mate, Anthony Stevens' wife. Wayne Carey, if you're listening, I'll fight you. (laughs) Yeah, I'll fight you too. Crown Casino, it's on. I'll meet you there in front of the KFC. He'll bring his anti-inflammatories. He's banned from there, so I'll be safe. (laughs) Now, this ended his marriage, ended Anthony and Kelly Stevens' marriage, ended Wayne Carey's North Melbourne career and tore the absolute heart out of not just his teammates but every supporter of the club. Now, this all culminated in round six, 2003, where Kerry would face his teammates for the first time since the scandal after moving to the Adelaide Crows in the off-season. Wayne Kerry, oh, I like this one. Wayne Kerry is on record in his book as saying, I'd played 21 finals, three grand finals, and numerous state-of-origin matches, but I'd never been as nervous as I was before that encounter. And Maybe for you good reason. Maybe you fucked your best mate's wife. <laughs> now, we've all heard about the famous... Shinbona spirit, the ethos that drives the North Melbourne Football Club and all its supporters. And in my opinion, round six, 2003 is where we really saw that on display in one of its most obvious forms. We saw an entire team that not not only got behind their captain, Anthony Stevens, but they were a team that were prepared to go to war for him. They went out looking for blood. At every chance they got, they targeted Wayne Carey and tried to mentally and physically throw him off his game in any way they could. Unfortunately, North didn't come away with the win. However, I think the events of that game kind of earned them the respect of the rest of the competition. And more importantly, it helped them and the supporters to find some sort of closure following a really horrible period for the club. Now, Gemma, you were obviously quite a young kid at this time that it all happened and it all kind of rolled out over that 12 months. Do you remember much about that time and what it was like to be a supporter? Uh, It was... I never really liked Wayne Carey. I've always liked the play. I know that it's easy to say now, <laughs> but I've always liked the players that like the underdog sort of like, yeah. you know, I I don't like a certain player just being on a, a pedestal. Yep. And I felt like that was Wayne Carey. And I've always been like that, which is why I go for North Melbourne. But um, you hate Wayne Carey. It was, was like North Melbourne. <laughs> I, I hate Wayne Carey. <laughs> It was very like what's going to happen now because he did carry the team. He didn't carry the team, but he he was a very good player. Like, Dickhead, but a very, very good player. And it's like, well, what's going to happen now? Personality aside, he was legitimately probably what top three players to have ever played the game. He was insanely best, talented. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Yeah, like 100%. But um, I was very young and that's all that really crossed my mind. But um. What a dog. <laughs> glad some- hey, you know what? I'm glad somebody will say it. <laughs> Bad time someone had the courage to say it. Um, it was interesting kind of for me looking back on this period because at the time I was about 12, 11 when it all happened. Mm. And I can remember kind of things being on the news about it, and I- but I didn't really understand what was kind of fully going on. Um, and yeah. yeah, looking, looking back and researching it, there were a lot of other things that came up. Like I had no idea that Ricky Nixon publicly threw Wayne Carey under the bus in the off season because he wouldn't pick another club. 
And then after that, Wayne Kerry publicly had a go at Ricky Nixon, then fired him as his manager. And um, there was it's a lot of drama. There was a lot of drama around it. There's, I think that being able to look back on it now is even more interesting because a lot of those players have done interviews on it or they've released books where they've spoken about it. And there's a yep. lot of there's a lot of quotes from the direct sources. Um, I read today that Bruma Harvey said in his book that when he kind of got to the club, it basically felt like there was one set of rules for Wayne Carey and another set of rules for all the other players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, Wayne Carey in his book expresses remorse, but it's like... He's tweeted things that say maybe that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Like quite mm. recently tweeted things as well. It's almost like he's some sort of fuckhead. <laughs> um, that picture of Glenn Archer, like just going at him, it just is burnt into my brain. It's a, what a man! One of one of the the most iconic kind of pictures in in North Melbourne history is Glenn Archer kind of going at him. Prior, just before that, I was watching kind of footage of the match earlier, and just before that, Anthony Stevens tries to absolutely take Wayne Carey's head off. Yeah. Unfortunately, he kind of just bounces off of him because Wayne Carey was a big man. It's Wayne Carey. Yeah. But then Glenn, Glenn yeah, Archer. Was quite, he's quite small. Yeah, he, he was. And then, yeah, Glenn Archer just comes in and just flies the flag. And yeah, I, th- I think that that was for, for everything that happened around it. I think that that gave the club a little bit of closure and some of the teammates a little bit of closure for that whole period. Yeah, 100%. Our last memorable moment is a bit of an emotional one. And moving away from the game and things that are much bigger than the game is arguably the most iconic and inspiring moment in AFL history. Uh, on the 12th of October, 2002, North Melbourne footballer Jason McCartney was unfortunately a victim of the Bali bombings near the Sari Club. He and Tim, teammate Mick Martin were drinking at the nearby Paddy's Bar when the bomb exploded. Now, Mick Martin escaped with minor burns. However, Jason McCartney suffered severe second-degree burns to more than 50% of his body. What is absolutely mind-blowing about this story Despite suffering such severe burns, Jason McCartney then set about saving those around him instead of worrying about himself, as he considered his burns to not be severe enough and that others were in more pain than him. He was eventually taken on a special charter flight back to Melbourne with the other victims, and when he arrived, the severity of his injuries was realised and he almost died during surgery. That's how severe, severely burned he was. He faced a long and painful rehabilitation process and he stated afterwards that his objectives in life were one, to marry his fiance, and two, to return to AFL football, which was viewed as an almost impossible task at that point. On the 14th of December, just 63 days after the bombings, Jason McCartney married his fiance. And on the 6th of June the following year, Jason McCartney returned to AFL football in a game against Richmond. Now, McCartney came on as a substitute at full forward to applause from both sets of fans. He kicked a goal early in the last quarter and had an instrumental toe poke, which led to a goal that essentially sealed the game and the win for the Roos. Now, after the game, he announced his retirement during his on-field post-match interview and not a dry eye was left in the stadium or to those watching at home. Now, I can remember watching this game as a 12-year-old and even at that age, the emotion wasn't lost on me. As, as a North supporter, what are your memories of that game and that situation as a whole? I, as you said, like it, 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 seeing him come back from that, it was, it was mind-blowing. Like you just did not expect it and he did it and it just triumphed everything that you thought would happen, you know. Um, yeah, it was just a very emotional time. Um, that's another picture that's actually burnt into my brain as well, like him being carried off at the end of it. Yeah. Um, with his long sleeves on. And I remember, like, the week, the weeks leading up to it. Like, how old were we when that game happened, roughly? 2003, so. About 12, yeah, 12 13, 12, yeah. 11, 12, um, yeah. Even, like, at. Just lumping us all yeah, together. Yeah, you're welcome, Chris. Um, <laughs> I I remember, like, the, the weeks leading up to it, like, all, that's all you would see on TV is the build up to to this mm. game. It was the game to watch. It was the biggest game of that year because, like you said, Chris, it sort of transcended footy. And yeah, what an emotional game! And it just yeah, it went so to script. It did. It was a fairy tale. Like even speaking now, you get goosebumps like thinking about it. It was just incredible. I'm actually go back and rewatch that match because that that was an absolute like a magical sporting moment yeah definitely and the crazy thing about it is just him before it he 
played seven VFL games for Port Melbourne because they were North's uh, VFL affiliate at the time. And he essentially said that he wanted to earn back his spot in the senior team on merit, not just because through not pity. Just because. Yeah. Um, the crazy thing was he just making it back onto an AFL field was big enough. He didn't have to even yeah. get a touch of the ball. He didn't have to kick a goal. Just getting back onto the field was an insane moment. But to to then kick a goal, to play a part Put in, in the game. yeah, to play a part where he he got that toe poke through to, uh, I think it was Lee Harding from memory, um, where he kicked the goal that essentially won them the game or like gave him enough of a lead where Richmond weren't going to come back. It was yeah, it's one of the most iconic and inspiring moments in not just AFL history, but sporting history. Definitely. And I love that he's also had an impact after that as well. So him, I think he, what, he went on to be like a list manager at the Bulldogs. Yep. He's the current head of football for GWS. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's Something of football. Uh, in GWS pretty high up. Which I love. Like. Bring him back home, you know. And there is also oh he's doing good things. He's also got the there's the Jason McCartney medal, which is awarded at the end of uh, Collingwood and North games from memory, um, to the best player on ground. So yeah, there there was the Jason McCartney medal that was there brought is. in as well. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, uh, that wraps up that's our memorable moments. Now we're going to move on to the final segment. I don't know what the fuck it's called anymore. Um, the Falkenstein, Falkenstein, Frankiak. I don't know. Clarky, you take over. The Falkia. The real memorable moment. <laughs> real memorable moment. Let's go. Now, listeners, if you haven't listened to this segment before... You've been missing out. You <laughs> you have truly been blessed to have not been cursed by the Falcons theme. You've truly been blessed Last to week. have not been cursed. Just let him be. That's Just it. Him- hey, Chris, he's nailing the landing. <laughs> All right. Do you want to? Have you got you got any more kangaroo facts for us there, <laughs> boy? What about Drew Petrie facts? The man who's Up had the man who's had a week worth of research ended in kangaroo facts. Hey, what can I say? They're a boring club. <laughs> I think that's your excuse. Anyway, listeners, the Falcon scene is made up of a head where we choose vibes and hair, a body which represents tackles and strength. Arms for their marking and handball ability, legs kicking and running, and then we sprinkle on that little secret source modifier. This is the unhinged part of the podcast, which is wild to say. <laughs> we have had we've had regular guys, we've had Italian guys, and then it all went downhill where Sorry, we made we the Stephen May meat wagon. Italian guy. <laughs> Now, actually, the, this this actually brings up my point, Jesse. So we'll start off with the head vibes and hair. Gemma, I'm going to hand it over to you. Who do you think represents North Melbourne's vibes and hair? Are we doing current? Like, is it a current thing? Or you can do anyone? whatever you like, as long as they play for North Melbourne. Like before you go into like, I'm looking at your current list of players. Do your players know that you can do stuff in the character modification screen? Because you, they, they, they're all just a, a man. There is no distinguishing features. <laughs> like what all these players that commit crimes. Are, like? <laughs> yeah, a, like a big mullet, a big moustache. Jesus Christ! Is that just a man? <laughs> I mean, Hugh Greenwood's kind of fucked, but that's it. <laughs> does he still play there? Yeah. Oh, he does. He does. Good for him. Yes. Sorry. Uh, uh, head. The head. The head of the player. I'm going George Wardlaw. Georgie Wardlaw? Yeah. Just all in on Georgie? I'm, I didn't even have to think about it twice. Can I Can I throw a bit of a left field one out there? No. Fair enough. All right. Moving on. <laughs> no, I'm curious now. Go. Uh, the, the head of Mick Martin. Mm, I, I went with Georgie that. because of the hair. Like, That's that was fair. just a fuck you to Jesse because- he doesn't look like a man. He looks cool as shit. How about Mick Martin's UK gangster-looking face with George Wardlaw's beetle hair? Yes. Perfect. George Wardlaw looks like he would be a private in a film about World War One. Yeah, he's <laughs> excellent. I love him. Also, I'm looking at your I'm looking at your team of the century. David Dench, interesting looking character. 
I need fullback to... in the team of the century. I the, I googled Mick Martin to to figure out what this guy looks like, and there's a picture of him that's clearly from an earlier days where he's got a full head of hair, kind of like a square face, large nose, like looks like a. And then there's a photo of him that seems to be more recent where he looks like Jason Statham from Aldi. <laughs> Is that the same guy? Yeah, he looks like he'd eat you. He looks like he's eaten multiple people. Like he looks, he looks real. Like I mean that with respect because he just looks scary. Like he looks like normal, like dad-looking dude. Got like, like I said, I need like to thick find hair. This. And then all of a sudden, it's like it's all. It's like somebody tried to make Woody Harrelson out of clay. <laughs> it's Woody Harrelson without the weed. It- yeah, he like he did like. <laughs> cut that! Cut that! Cut that. Okay, how about Mick Martin's head, Wardlaw's beetle ha- Beatles haircut, and David Dench's moustache? It is a good moustache. That yes, it is. John Rantel's fucking sideburns. <laughs> Holy shit! You could you could sit your watch to those bad boys. So before this derails <laughs> too much, Gemma, whose whose head whose head are you picking? I already picked one. And you made up like forty different characters. <laughs> We can add, you can, you can add, you can tweak. Okay, we'll get All right, so I don't have to choose the whole head. It can be like a whole, like we can. You can morph. Oh, no, it's a Mr. Potato you head. You can do whatever you want. I can do whatever I wish. Like not to, not to refer to Mick Martin again, but it is a Mr. Potato Head situation. <laughs> Mick Martin, friend of the one show. One moment, please. He's going he's to bash a shadow. <laughs> <laughs> Settling on the head. Oh, we're settled. Okay. Um, I wait. Gemma, I'm giving you final call on this as it is your team. Well, now Mick Martin sounds kind of appealing. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's the first hair, time he's heard right? that. And who, who did we say about the moustache? Uh, David Dench. David Dench. But then again, Malcolm right. Blight also has a good moustache. But yeah, we'll go with David oh, Dench. Oh, yeah, I've got a Blighty. I've got a feeling we can use Malcolm Blight for something else, though. Yeah, that's fair. The legs. Uh, modifier. The legs. Modifier. At least one. All right, let's move on to the body, tackles, and strength. Oh, there's, there's an obvious one here. <gasps> Is there? The strength, yeah. Yeah, who? <laughs> it's got to be Glenn Archer. I was going to say Mick Martin again. <laughs> <laughs> the whole creator player is just Mick Martin. <laughs> With a moustache. Um, Jamie, you, you've got to move on. We're not playing Fuck, Mary Kill. Okay? <laughs> 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 Sav Rocker? He was tanky, wasn't he? Do you, do you have a current player who's known for, like, their tackles? I mean, LDU is... is he, He's a bit of a brute. He's a brute. There was a photo posted today. That's all I'll say. Let's focus in. So, <laughs> yeah. options for the body. So far, you've suggested Sav Rocker for his... Chris has pointed out, marking ability. Um, <laughs> or we've got LDU has been thrown in the ring. Glenn Archer... We've had a dinosaur in the past. We've had a half Medicart centaur. This is going to be the first pile of body parts that we're never connected to each other. This is the... Um, you know on TikTok when people make pasta and they pour it across the table? <laughs> yeah, the aluminum foil's down. All right, we'll go Glen Archer because I'm on the peer pressure. 100% you are. Uh, now we've got the arms, which is, is, is your, your marking your handballs. This is where you could put a rocker. Clarky. Clarky never played for North <laughs> Melbourne. He played basketball. Nick Larky. Oh, Nick Larky. <laughs> oh, Nick Larky. Yeah, okay. That's fine. <laughs> I actually thought you asked for Clarky. Yeah, I convinced myself. She reached out for help and I just assumed that was the case because Chris, control yourself. <laughs> Some decorum, <laughs> Nick Lucky's a good pick. Nick Nick Lucky's actually Nick Lucky. legit going to be a gun. He's yeah. an absolute jet. So Nick Lucky, and then we've got legs kicking and running. You can have one leg of if of two. Have, yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, saying. yeah we've determined yeah, this yeah. in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about toes? <laughs> you, we've, we've done. We've basically gone that far. Okay, we're gonna have um uh, Todd Goldstein's turf toe. Oh, we don't talk modifier. about him. I do. Oh, he's okay, gone. One of the best. Um, you you got to get Malcolm Blight. Yeah, Blight. Right peg. Yeah. Uh, 
Was he right-footed? I, I just guess. I said it with a lot of confidence, though. You did, didn't you? Mm. Um, and then we'll chuck in, for good measure, a Drew Petrie. I think, should we move slightly back? And I think we've mentioned him before, but Boomer Harvey mm. for some mark and handball ability. I feel like he should get some representation in, in this man. That's all right. We'll move on to modifiers, special abilities. Jesse, I can see you're bursting to get this one out. The Sam Kekovich power off lamb. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I forgot that Sam Kekovich played for North, but I've seen him. If you don't know that he, Sam Kekovich does these, uh, like, quote, unquote, Australia Day ads for lamb, uh... I guess it all links back to the abattoirs as well. I'd never made that connection before. That's actually a pretty cool connection. But I want this player to be lamb powered. Like just of lamb? Just of lamb. Like yeah. they just eat lamb or? Um, <laughs> yeah. For strength. Oh. Yeah, but it's not a real person. That would be fine. There's <laughs> not, not going to be any sort of like nutritional de- uh, detriment. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Any other modifiers from the crowd? Oh, none of them that I want to... There's a lot of players that have played for your club that I do just don't want to mention on this show. Yeah, don't. Current and past. Mm. Um, Jackson Archer's golden blonde hair, I guess. Harry Sheasel's good boy energy. Good lad. That's a good one. Oh, the, the Drew Petrie, uh, the Frank the Tank. Mm. Yep. That's his charge up. What about, about the courage of Jason McCartney? Oh, that was nice. I feel like I'm in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and um, just round up the the undelistability of Hugh Greenwood. <laughs> Poor Hugh. All right, Jesse, <laughs> take us through our Falconstein. <laughs> oh, just a good drink. All right, so the North Melbourne Falconstein. We got Mick Martin's golden golden head. Why is it golden? I don't know. George Wardlaw's Beatles hair. Uh, John Rantail's sideburns. Who's John Rantail? You're the one who added his sideburns in. Okay. <laughs> That says yes, Rantal. literally you that said that. Yes. Uh, and David Inch's moustache for the body. This is a hulking beast form of Glen Archer. The arms of a young Nick Larky. But he'll grow into them, okay? And he's going to be a, uh, an absolute gun forward. Legs, of course, you've got to have Malcolm Blight's left leg or right leg. We can stop him around. We don't know which <laughs> leg he kicked with. And then Drew Petrie's other leg. Whether it's the right one or the left one, he can't kick as good as uh, Malcolm Blight. For your modifiers, you got Sam Kikovich's power off the lamp, eaten for strength and vitality. Frank the tank power, bit of Harry Sheasel's good boy energy, Jason Carney's hero, heroic courage, and the undelistability of Hugh Greenwood. Well done, Jimmer. North Melbourne's Frankiac. Oh, fuck, I've done it. <laughs> that wasn't on purpose. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, also, Hugh Greenwood, he was delisted. Was he? Yeah, by the Gold Coast Suns. That's how we got him. Oh, okay, so I'll, I'll, we'll change it to Hugh Greenwood's unkillability. Hang on, wasn't okay. that a whole thing where they delisted him with the... They delisted him to re-sign Yeah, they were going to re-sign yeah, him. North, no. Yeah, and then and then he just went, fuck you, I'm off to North. Okay, yep. I'm going to take it back, Hugh Greenwood. I apologise for this. Hugh Greenwood's sneak attack. Sneak attack. Okay, sneak attack. Uh, so, yes, uh, Gemma, your North Melbourne player is just, just, a, just a man. It's a man. Just a fella. Except for the Wardlaw hair, because he's got Beatles hair. Congratulations, you made a guy. It's McCartney Lynn. with courage, McCartney with hair. <laughs> now I'm thinking of all these players that I should have mentioned. It's too late. Like, we're, we're already cutting people apart. <laughs> we're stitching together. Mick Martin's the in the back on. screaming. So, Martin, we always, smash. Like, we always like to close out the show by asking the most important question for the season ahead. What do North Melbourne need to do to win the premiership this year, Gemma? How long do we have? <laughs> As long as you need. Um, oh, I think we like win the premiership. What do we need Look, to do to win the premiership? You're not going to win big. the flag this year, but what do you guys need to like? Just a little bit lift of off the bottom. We need some magic. Yeah. We need to dream big, as Chris said. Um, we need to put some 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 power into the youngins, you know, and a bit of that shin bone of spirit. Shin bone of spirit. You need a fucking defender is what you need. We need a defender, Jesse. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I'm coming oh, after Essendon again. No comment. Um, we do. We, we really need a defender. We need some ruck stocks um, because Jerry's not he's, – he's, he's sore. He doesn't have a he's, face at the moment. No, he's very sore. Um, our midfield and our forward line, we need a small forward as well. But midfield's looking good. 
I, I think by year's end, uh, LDU will be one of the premier midfielders in the game. Oh, yeah. Definitely. If he can um, stay healthy. If he can, if stay. He can stay healthy. Yeah. I've, got, I've got good vibes about this year. Your midfield looks good. Um, yeah. And the likes of like uh, Fiesel and Wardlaw and then you got... McCurchis oh, just come in. McCurchis doing really, really well. Yeah. I think your midfield's going to be flying. Uh, Simpkin, I always like the Simpkin. I mean, we've got Nick Larkey. You've, you've got Nick Larkey and then you've got, we've discussed this off air previously, I still don't know why you drafted Zane Dersma ahead of Dan McCur- uh, Dan Curtin because you desperately needed a defender, but Zane yeah. Dersma is going to be a hell of a player. Yeah, he will be. Hopefully that's our um, small forward that we, we need, but we definitely did need a defender and I hope we know what we're doing. I think this is the time for North where... You guys really do need to be playing games into these young young teams. Yeah. So LDU, it still boggles my mind, was drafted the same year as Andy Brayshaw. Yeah. Has probably played like, what, 60% of the yeah. number of games as Andy Brayshaw just because of bad luck, really. Like, that's all you can really say about an injury. I think Brad Scott played him in the seconds for a while as well, didn't he? I don't know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Up. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Brad Scott didn't know what he was doing. No. Yeah, look, if we, if we can say that Brad Scott miscoached, we'll go with that. <laughs> we'll just put it on Brad Scott. But when you go through the general list, I don't think that the future is all that bleak. No, it's very exciting. For North Melbourne, like maybe off the field. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, on like even guys like Eddie Ford, I think he's really exciting oh, if, yeah. if young. Um, Tom Powell, I don't know why he's not playing more games. I think, yeah, he needs to be – I'm a big fan of Tom Powell. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential. Yeah, picking picking up Griffin Logue, I think, will help you guys, even if there are people who don't necessarily understand the uh, move for for him. So, really, I don't think it's – like I've said before on the podcast, I know it's weird to ask teams like North Melbourne and Hawthorne oh, hey, how are you going to win the premiership in 2024? But I also don't think it's insane to go, well, if the year, the perfect year comes and everything works and a game plan clicks and you see that a lot with, I like to think of Richmond in their peak era that was just mm. recent. They had a game plan that was so out there and so undefendable for a number of years where I think really the talent's kind of there. It's just the experience. Yeah. That's all. That's kind of well, that and the lack of defenders. But for sure, like I think a lot of North supporters are feeling the same. Like the future's definitely brighter than it was a few years ago. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. To be honest, um, but I'll still hang crap on them because that's what I do. Yeah. Hey, look, you got to do what you got to do to survive at the bottom. And yeah. for what it's worth, I think losing Ben Mackay was actually good for you guys. Well, yeah, maybe like. <laughs> If we're gonna um, pick it apart, then we can. Hey, we got we got time. Um, who did we end up getting for Ben Mackay? It was pick. It was the Dersma pick, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I look. Time will tell, but I don't think his heart was in it at North. He wanted to leave, so we'll see how he plays at Essendon under his um, <laughs> Bradley <coach>. Scott. <laughs> his precious, precious Bradley his Scott. Precious Bradley. Beautiful. Right. Gemma, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now, do you have anything that you need to plug? Do you have any socials that you want people to find you with? Or you do have the ability to opt out? Uh, I have nothing. That's it, listeners. Don't find her. <laughs> Unfindable. I'm she doesn't want to be found. Don't check the histories of the South Marine football. <laughs> please, please <don't> <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you for joining me once again. You're welcome. Now... <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah, I left you guys some space and then fucking hell. So, listeners, if you listen to this episode all the way through, you owe us. You head over to your podcast listening app or platform of choice and give us a review. Five stars is the preferred, but look, if you got to be honest, you got to be honest. That's your morals. I'm not going to question that. So, Giving us five stars, leaving us a review helps us a lot with engagement and exposure on all platforms, particularly Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So if you can head over and give us a rating, that would greatly help us. And Chris will love you forever. Yay.
You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Falcon Footy Pod. We're Falcon Footy Pod on every social media that we're on. You can also find us individually. Chris is at Lowry underscore 16. Jesse is at Jesse Spanner. And I'm at Quantum JC. We're part of the Story Mode Podcast Network, so you can also find our sister shows, Love Letters. Yes. Um, I was hoping to come back this week, but um, COVID absolutely fucking me up right now, so probably have to delay another week. But we have some really, really cool guests lined up and uh, some very good episodes lined up. Excellent. And also Dialogue Options, which is a video game podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, listeners, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. See ya. Kick the footy.